Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Tuesday, February 12th. As always, we're presented by D's Home Cuts. I'm your host, Travis Karcheski. We had, um, I made this outline for today's show um, at about noon on Monday. But since that happened, just a ton of news came crashing down from the NFL. Uh, crazy stuff happened uh, with the Browns. A bunch of different things have been going on, so we are going to talk about that. I'm going to add that in towards the end there um, in my football talk. But we are going to start with basketball because uh, we had the weekend where we had you know the all-star game lineups were kind of set out, uh, LeBron and Giannis type of draft. And you'll get my thoughts about that um, towards the end of the show because I do have a couple things I wanted to talk about with that. But uh, as the game goes, LeBron, his team you know, is obviously LeBron. He picked Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, and James Harden. His bench, Clay Thompson, Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, LaMarcus Aldridge, Carl Anthony Towns, Bradley Beal, and then he got Dwayne Wade as a special edition. So let's talk about LeBron's team. LeBron's team is pretty good. I mean, obviously it's a team full of all-stars, but the thing people noticed very early on is his six, his first six picks were all guys who have the option to leave their team next year. And that's not a coincidence. I don't even think it's close to, you know, oh, that's accidental. This is clearly orchestrated on LeBron's part. LeBron is a master of making these little moves that seem, you know, in, in um, what's the word I'm looking for? In, um, they, they don't seem important at the time. Uh, these little moves that LeBron does, dinner with Anthony Davis, you know, a bunch of little things here and there. They don't seem important at the time. They don't seem big. But come, you know, July, when it's time to start, when these guys, these six guys are time to, you know, figure out where they want to go next year, you know, they got a little bit of a connection with LeBron. And uh, they might want to make the decision to leave, and I think this helps. But obviously, he's allowed to do it. You know, they did this NBA draft format the way they did. Uh and, you know, he's allowed to do it. He's allowed to do what he wants to do. Um, but it's interesting. Uh, then we'll go to Giannis. Giannis's team, obviously Giannis, Steph Curry, Joel Embiid, uh, Paul George, and then Kevin Walker. Uh, his bench includes Chris Middleton, his teammate from Milwaukee, Russell Westbrook, uh, Jokic, Blake Griffin, uh, D'Angelo Russell, Kyle Lowry, uh, Vucevic from the Magic, and then obviously Dirk as a special addition. Uh, so it's a good team all around. I think LeBron's going to end up winning this thing because I just think his starting five is way better than their starting five. Uh, you know, you got a guy like Harden, who's obviously the best scorer in the NBA this year. Kyrie's going to be able to dish it around. Kevin Durant and LeBron are two of the greatest players of all time. Uh, then Kawhi Leonard is having an amazing season. So I think they're going to crush them. Um, Giannis picking Chris Middleton with his first pick off the bench kind of screwed him. But obviously it's his teammate. But he could have had you know Anthony Davis instead of uh, Chris Middleton. But again, he has to pick his teammate. And Chris Middleton is a baller. i got to give him that. Uh but that is it for the all-star team rosters. Uh, it's kind of going to be an interesting, you know, game. I guess I could talk about this now. Uh, the draft format, I'm not a fan of that. I think you should stick it with the West versus East. Uh, that's how every Pro Bowl all-star game does it, uh, is East versus West. The NFL tried to do that stupid little draft thing, and they had, like, legends like Michael Irvin and Deion Sanders picking the um, – 
teams, and it's stupid. I don't. I just don't like it. I think you should just stick with East versus West because then it kind of stacks things. And I get it. The East is um, maybe not as star powered as the West, but still, I uh, I like it that way a little bit more. Uh, and I love it when there's like something on the, on the line, like when they did it with the All Star Game in baseball, and they had you know home field advantage in the World Series. I love that. I thought that was a great idea. But they got rid of it uh, after the Indians got home field advantage in 2016. But I really did like that, and uh, I like when there's some sort of you know bounty on the line. It's not just you know some boring game. But what are you gonna do? Uh, it's what to what it is. It is what it is. But it will be a good game. The NBA All Star Game is one of those things where you know I don't like All Star All Star Games really at all. But um, from any sport, baseball, basketball, football. But the NBA All Star Game is interesting because it's really nothing else on to watch that day that it's on. Uh, so basically, you turn it on and it's actually pretty exciting when they start throwing alley oops and crap like that. But it is a it's a fun game to watch, and I'm probably gonna watch it. Uh, but again. With the All-Star Game comes the Skills Challenge, which I think is one of the funnest weekends, weekend uh, sporting events uh, in all of, you know, All-Star Games, whatever. Uh, they do that dunk dunk contest, the Skills Challenge, and the three-point contest. Uh, it's gone down over the last couple of years because, obviously, the dunk contest, they haven't been putting, you know, a lot of big names in there like we're used to. Uh, and kind of, you know... There's, there's only so many ways you can dunk a basketball. So it's like, what do you want them to do? You know, you can't jump over the car like Blake Griffin. You know, there's nothing like that. You know, there's no uh, um, monumental life-changing dunks. And again, they didn't put in that many stars this year. Uh, I was gonna go, I'm going to go through, you know, the skills challenge and talk about every single person that's in it. Because again, some of these names you're not going to know if you're just a... Uh, a basic NBA fan, a basic sports center watcher, you're not going to know a lot of these names, uh, especially in the dunk contest. Uh, so we'll go through and we'll kind of, you know, give you the rundown on everybody that's in it. The three-point challenge is interesting this year because there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys in it this year. I think that's that's got to be the most they've ever done. I, I never um, thought that the three-point challenge really had that many guys in it, but I guess this year, um, because the dunk contest, the, the names aren't great, uh, they're kind of stacking it, trying to make the three-point challenge the the main event this year, which, it, I mean, it's cool, but it, it's just not the same, I guess, as a good dunk challenge. You know, I remember, you know, as a kid, you, you, you know, get all in, get ready to roll, and you'd watch this dunk contest, and everybody would be around the TV, you'd have, you know, friends over to watch this event, and it was just a really cool thing to watch, um, but again, over the years, it's just gone down, you know, the Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine, you know, battle the last couple of years was really the only thing that kept it alive, and then they got rid of that, obviously, um, they just need to put more stars in it, I think, um, I'll talk about it in a second, but the three-point challenge has Devin Booker, uh, Seth, and Steph Curry, the two brothers, Buddy Heald, Joe Harris from the uh, Nets, Danny Green from the Raptors, Damian Lillard, Kemba Walker, Chris Middleton, and then Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk is obviously, you know, a pity tossin'. He's not going to win this event. I really don't believe so. Um, he's just kind of a pity th throw-in, a pity entry. Um, but, hey, he could prove me wrong. But uh, I think Steph will win this. I think Steph's the best three-point shooter in NBA history, so why wouldn't he? Um, but Buddy Heald's also a pretty good 
uh, bet if you were going to bet on this because he is he's playing for the Kings, which, I mean, to be honest, when's the last time you watched a King game? Uh, he's been one of the Kings' best players, him and Fox right now. Uh, Pelicans, I'm sure, regret trading him, but again, uh, what are you going to do about that? But Buddy Heald, I could see him winning this thing. Uh, I'm not really sure. I don't know that much about Seth Curry. I think Seth has those Curry genes, so he's pretty good in terms of shooting. But I think Steph's going to win this. He's the best three-point shooter of all time. Now the dunk contest. The dunk contest, I'm going to go through these names. Uh, obviously, I think the two biggest names in this, there's four names, which, again, seems low to me. I feel like... They got rid of names from the dunk contest and put them in the three-point challenge, which shows me that they're trying to boost um, the kind of uh, mystique around the dunk con around the three-point challenge rather than the dunk contest. Because the last couple of years, it's been you know skills challenge, three-point challenge, dunk contest to end it up, and the dunk contest was what everybody came to watch, what everybody loved to watch. But it seems like they're just not caring that much about it anymore uh they've moved it kind of to the back burner uh but there are you know dennis smith juniors on the dunk contest uh and john collins two of the you know young stars in the game well i'd say collins is a star i wouldn't say dennis smith jr is a star by any means um but he does he can dunk the basketball pretty well um then miles bridges the rookie from the uh, hornets uh he's very long athletic he's made a couple dunks this year and then uh, Amandu Diallo from the Thunder. Uh, he is the complete unknown. If you don't know um, Thunder or Kentucky basketball, you have no clue who this guy is. You don't even know if he can dunk the basketball, let alone win the dunk contest. Now, to give you a little background on him, he's from Kentucky. He played at Kentucky. Uh, he was actually a five-star recruit coming out of high school. But because of certain things, he didn't get to play that much at Kentucky. Uh, he decided to enter the draft rather than stay a couple years, which would probably would have done him some good. Um, but he went to the Thunder, and he's he's all right. He's putting up some good numbers off the bench, and he can dunk the basketball pretty well. He has some pretty good athletic dunks. You can go on to uh, Twitter and look up a bunch of his dunks, and they're pretty cool, pretty athletic. Uh, but again... I don't tune into the dunk contest or All-Stars Weekend to watch Amandu Diallo. I'm probably not even pronouncing his name right. I don't tune in to watch that guy. I don't tune in to watch a rookie in Miles Bridges or even Dennis Smith Jr. John Collins is a name I can get behind. But he is, if you're looking at a good dunk contest and you say John Collins, Collins should be the last name you talk about. I want to see... Aaron Gordon, I want to see, you know, Anthony Davis, Blake Griffin, LeBron James. I get it. They don't want to put the extra strain on their body. They don't want to deal with making up a bunch of dunks. Blake Griffin already gave us, and Aaron Gordon already gave us their best effort. Um, but those are just the names I want to see. I want to, you know, dunks that are going to wow me. And I get it. You know, there's only so many dunks you can do to where it gets repetitive, and I've seen it over and over again where they just use stupid props, and at the end of the day, it's just the same basic dunk. But when I was growing up, the dunk contest was the event to watch, and I remember going out in my driveway, and I was too short to even touch the rim, um, so I jumped from my, my car, my mom's car that was parked in the driveway, to the to the rim just to dunk the basketball. Because dunking a basketball is one of the coolest things. And when you got guys who can do these Eric Baddock type of dunks, um, it's even more fun. And then when you got guys who you know who are stars, 
who you watch on a nightly basis, who you see on Sports Center making these dunks, it makes it even better. Because I remember watching the Blake Griffin dunk live uh, when I was a kid, when he jumped over the car with Baron Davis, and that was one of the coolest things I I ever saw as a kid. And I knew instantly that Blake Griffin was one of my favorite players in the NBA, and he still is to this day. Uh, but now, you know, we got Hamandu Diallo and Miles Bridges, who are both rookies. Dennis Smith Jr. is in his second year, and same with John Collins. I don't want those type of names. Yeah, they're cool names, and yeah, they can dunk the basketball. I can't. But, uh, so they, I just, I don't like it. I just don't, I don't like these names. What are you going to do, though? Uh, I can't change it. You can't change it. The only people that could change it is the NBA, and obviously they won't. Because... Who knows? You know, maybe this will come out and this will be the best dunk contest we've ever seen. But I highly, highly doubt it uh, because it doesn't have the names that we want in there. Then you go to the skills challenge. Which the skills challenge to me is cool. Uh, you know, it's, if you don't know, it's like an obstacle course. It's usually the type of event you turn on and then you're like, oh, shit, it's the skills challenge. Not the dunk or three-point challenge, whatever. Uh, we got Mike Conley, Luka Doncic. Uh, Trey Young, Jason Tatum, Kyle Kuzman, De'Aaron Fox, uh, Jokic, and Vucevic from the Magic. Um, you look, Trey Young, Doncic, rookies, Tatum, Kuzman, Fox, all in their second year. I don't know why veterans, I guess maybe they, the NBA, maybe it's not the veterans, want uh, younger guys in there. Maybe just to get them more on a national stage, I guess, is what they're trying to do. Because uh, you look at a guy like De'Aaron Fox, um, he is one of the best young players in the NBA today. And most people don't know a lot about him because he plays you know, on the, uh, with the Kings in Sacramento. So you're already at a fault because nobody's going to want to watch a game at 10 p.m. that just started on ESPN. Uh, Kings, you know sons or something like that and if you're going to be staying up that late you're going to want to watch the lakers rather than the kings but De'Aaron fox you know you want to you know kind of put him out there too same with kuzman see what they can do on a national stage uh but again the skills challenge it's not anything to me i think the skills challenge is kind of overrated i think the best event is the dunk contest but that's been going downhill so this year you're going to want to watch the three-point challenge because there's 10 names in there 10 good solid names that i like uh from there but that's it for basketball that's all i wanted to talk about with that uh anthony davis like i said he passed the trade deadline it's going to be insanely awkward for him the rest of the season uh sitting there uh in the pelicans cafeteria kind of just hunkering down uh it's kind of sad but uh what are you going to do you wanted to request the trade if it doesn't work out it gets awkward and it gets awkward real quick so let's move to football now got a couple talks on that let's go to um, a couple things first, but before that, I want to remind you guys that our show is brought to you by A's Lawn Service. Since 2014, A's Lawn Service has been providing professional landscaping at a low and fair price. Are you tired of being dragged around by bigger landscaping companies? Because I think we all are. Turn to A's and trust me, all your landscaping needs and everything you have to worry about will be handled come springtime. Um, trust A's for all your landscaping needs and you will not be disappointed. The phone number is 330 330- 241-2392 and the email is lawnservice.as at gmail.com once again 330-241-2392 and email is lawnservice.as at gmail.com A's Lawn Service LLC you grow it 
they'll cut it. All right, let's talk to football. Let's talk some football now. Uh, we got again. Yesterday was a weird day because I was all prepared to talk about the AAF, and we're going to talk about the AAF in a minute. But then a couple big storylines kind of came out. We'll start with the kind of quieter of the three, which is Eric Reed. Uh, he signed a three-year extension, I guess you could say, with the uh, Panthers. Again, Eric Reed is a safety for the Panthers. He was known because he was kind of the backup, the sidekick in that whole Colin Kaepernick situation. Uh, he was um, just, a, you know, Ka Kaepernick obviously started the whole kneeing thing, but uh, Eric Reed took part in it too. Uh, he didn't get signed till about 10 games, maybe a little bit earlier in the season last year, and people were getting all pissed off because Eric Reed is actually a pretty good safety, unlike Kaepernick, who's a pretty bad quarterback. But uh, he played well for the Panthers. You know, he had a couple good games. Uh, I know he was in the storyline because he kept getting drug tested. Uh, but that obviously warranted enough for a three-year, um, $22 million contract. He's a young guy. You know, he's only 27. Um, and he'll continue to kind of hold down that Panthers secondary, which really hasn't had much talent the last couple of years outside of maybe Josh Norman. Next storyline. This is a great story for me. Because this is probably the first ever prediction that Travis James Karczewski ever got right on this show. We were close with Trevor Bauer um, winning the Cy Young. We were close. If he wouldn't have, would have broken his leg, we would have gotten that. And that would have been the biggest prediction. But Kyler Murray, the quarterback from Oklahoma, has decided to focus solely on football. And he's going to go to the Combine. He's going to take his name out of the baseball draft. And this just makes me smile. Because if you remember... When he started, when he got picked by the A's, I said, and I could go back if I wanted to and find the clips, but you can if you want to, because I'm not going to. I don't have the editing abilities to do that. Um, I'm kind of elementary in terms of my editing and podcasting. It took us, you know, 90 episodes to get intro music onto the show consistently. But if you want to go back and listen to it, I'm not sure what show it is. I'm pretty sure I uh, made the title Kyler Murray, but I said. This is what's going to happen. He's going to go and he's going to start with Oklahoma. I said the biggest mistake the A's could make is letting him start quarterback at Oklahoma. He's going to go start there. He's going to go off. He's going to win the Heisman. Check, check, check. He's going to realize football is more fun. It's going to be starting to, you know, sort of come up in his mind and he's going to, you know, start to think, maybe I should play football. Check. And then he's going to make that final switch and play football, go to the draft. Because let me tell you something, football is so much more fun than baseball. I love baseball. But being the starting quarterback of an NFL team, being a first-round draft pick, potential top 10 draft pick in the NFL is amazing. And it's something very few guys get to witness. And if you have that opportunity to make history like he will, because he will be the first-ever quarterback under six foot drafted into the first round for all our short kings out there like me uh guys under five guys under six foot you know this is a day that you can just walk around with your head held high looking at all those short people and all those tall people and just say yeah my guy won the heisman and now he's going to be a first round draft pick in the nfl and he's going to be a starting quarterback and we're all going to be rooting for the short guy because he is going to go off in the NFL. I truly believe that. He's small. He's shifty. He's smart. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He's accurate. He can throw the ball. 
it's going to be so much fun to watch him. It's going to be so much fun to see where he goes. I don't think the Giants want him. I think the Gi- I think the Giants are going to get Haskins. Uh, but we'll 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 talk some mock drafts soon. But again, I love this decision for him. Yeah, people were saying you know your career could be longer in baseball, but there's no guarantee you make it in baseball. He could go out there, you know, first at bat and single A, and get drilled in the head and never play again. But if he goes out there as an NFL quarterback, and obviously he could do that his first practice, he could tear his ACL first practice. God forbid, I don't want that to happen. But at least he'll get, he's a first-round draft pick, at least there's a guarantee he'll get a start. There's been no quarterback in the history of the NFL who's been drafted first round who, has, who hasn't gotten at least one chance to start or even play in a game. If you go to baseball, there's no guarantee you'll ever reach the majors. And yeah, you're a first-round draft pick, so your chances are higher of reaching the majors, but there's no guarantee. There's a guarantee with football. So I love it. I'm so excited. Can't wait. Uh, Kareem Hunt. The Browns. The Browns did it again. The Browns did something that most people look at it and they go, what the hell were you thinking? They signed Kareem Hunt yesterday. Uh, I don't know what the deal was. Um, One year, $1 million contract. So cheap, cheap contract. I don't know what they were thinking. Uh, there's a lot of outrage with the fans. Again, I live in Cleveland. I live around Cleveland. So I'm, I'm right here. I'm right in the forefront of all of the news and stuff and the reaction that goes down. I watched John Dorsey's press conference. They want to help him. They want to, uh, get him back on his feet. And obviously they know the kind of talent he brings. But with that, he brings a big ass bag, a big baggage carrying behind him. You're going to get a lot of hate for this. John Dorsey knew that. And I think he was prepared to do that. How I look at it, though, is you're just kind of throwing a wrench into an already perfect situation. I think the biggest mistake, um, the biggest, um, not mistake, hardship that the Browns could have went through is going into the offseason. Obviously, they had to go in the offseason, but they had so much momentum. They were the hottest team at the end of last year. If the season was six more games, they would have made the playoffs. Going into the offseason... It kind of kills that momentum. You know, it's still there. They still have that winning culture, so it's going to help them. But the throw kind of wrenches into this situation, um, in my opinion, isn't a great idea. You know, you, you're trying to keep, you know, that situation, you're trying to regenerate that magic from last year again to this year. And put adding a guy with the history like Kareem Hunt just isn't a smart situation in my book. But what are you going to do? Um, he does bring talent. But again, he's going to take away carries from Nick Chubb. What are you going to do if, uh, you know, they're expecting Kareem Hunt to get a a suspension? I've heard anywhere from as low as 8 games to as high as 12 games get a suspension. Um, And obviously then Nick Chubb will be your main bell cow. But what are you going to do when bell uh, bell cow and Nick Chubb goes off in those first 8 to 12 games. And he is running better than he's ever ran. And he's killing it. And he's getting, you know, a million yards a game. uh, Winning, you know, awards, rushing awards week after week. And just leading your team to a really great record. And then Kareem Hunt comes back. And you're going to have to kind of justify to Nick Chubb that Kareem Hunt should take away from some of your carries. A guy who hasn't played the NFL in over a year is going to take away some of your carries, even though you're killing it. So this is kind of another prediction to watch. If Chubb is killing it, it's going to be very difficult for the Browns to kind of um, take away carries from him when Kareem Hunt comes back. So it's going to be an interesting situation to watch. Uh, I'm not a fan of it. I think this signing, I think 
Kareem Hunt should have been signed. I don't I don't disagree with that. I, th- I believe in second chances, but I just don't believe the Browns that was a right move for them. Obviously, Dorsey's got a connection with Kareem Hunt. He drafted him in Kansas City, but I just don't think the Browns have a good um, support system in place to handle guys like this. You know, they screwed up the Josh Gordon situation. Uh, Callaway had some problems early. Now they're slowly fixing Callaway, and I think John. Josh Gordon is kind of an outlier because not even the Patriots could fix fix Josh Gordon. And if the Patriots can't fix you, then nobody can fix you. But I'm just not a fan of it. I just don't think the Browns were the right place for him. You know, obviously he's a Cleveland guy, Ohio guy from Toledo. Um, but I just, I would have rather him went to a team, you know, that can give the support system that he can't, that he, that he has, uh, but again, we'll have to see. It's going to be an interesting situation, and the Browns uh, are surely going to make it a fun situation uh, if it starts to get messed up. But we are going to talk about the AAF, the Alliance Football League. My thoughts about it, I liked it. I enjoyed it. it it's a good idea, but I think the NFL really has to get behind it. We've seen time and time again these kind of leagues have popped up over the years. Uh, and the biggest challenge with these leagues is getting talent into them that people can look at it and go, people can watch the game and go, oh yeah, I remember that guy. And the AAF, the Alliance, I'm just going to call it the Alliance, is uh, doing that. You know, every single team has guys where if you're a football fan, you go, oh yeah, I know that. Or the coaches, you know the coaches. You know, Steve Spurrier, Mike Singletary, uh, Mike Martz. You know, there's a lot of good names coaching here. Um and I think that helps it too. The AAF is a terrible name. I think if they're going to call it anything, they should call it uh, ANF, Alliance National Football League, not Alliance American Football League. I think it's how it's pronounced. It's just, it's a bad name. I don't like it. I don't like the jerseys. I think the jerseys are a little crappy. I like the starter jerseys. I like the brand. Um, but I don't like how they look. But it's a good idea. I think the NFL has to truly get behind it though. And uh, kind of look at it as a way for you know rookies, maybe practice squad guys, to kind of get you know a minor league system type of thing on drafted guys, and I think that's what they're doing. But I think it should also be an opportunity as like a last chance you you know Netflix type of situation, like a JUCO sort of route for guys who've had problems off the field. Um, I think this is a good good opportunity for them to prove. That they can, you know, not only produce on the field but also stay clean off the field. I think this is also an opportunity for the NFL to try out different rules. Um, you know, they had no kickoffs in this game, which I think the NFL has been toying with for a long time. The two-point conversion, uh, the onside kick rule, is my favorite thing out of all of this, and I think that's kind of gone under the the radar here because there really were, weren't any close games. Um, but I'll talk about it right now. The onside kick rule in the Alliance Football League, is really exciting. Uh, You have to be down 17 points, I believe. Uh, Unless it's the fourth quarter, then you can do it any time. But what it is, is um, it's not a kickoff. It's not like an onside kick. You you, you go and you tell the ref, I want to do an onside kick or whatever it is. It's not even a kick. And the the ball will be placed on your own 25, I believe. And it's a fourth and 12. you got one play to get 12 yards and if you get it you can keep moving if you don't you go back i love it i love that rule um 
Again, about 81% of the players in this have played in the NFL, have had an NFL contract. You know, it's obvious that the that the quarterback play is poor and the O-line play is kind of poor too. But when that hit went down on Mike Brokovi in that first game, that sold me on the on um the AAF, the Alliance Football League. I loved it. It was so exciting, so refreshing. To see a quarterback. You know, I like Mike Bracovi or whatever his name is. From He was on that undrafted show. Uh, I've known him for a little bit. I've kind of watched him grow up as a player. But when he got hit like that and his helmet flew off, I got sold. And when there was no flag, I got sold even more. I love it when quarterbacks get hurt. And not when quarterbacks get hurt. Uh, that was a misstatement. I love it when quarterbacks get hit really hard. There's no flag for injury and I get it you know these names aren't as big as people are used to if that was Aaron Rodgers people would be freaking out and there's not that much loyalty to certain teams yet but I loved it it was just that that was football to me football was back um and you know obviously guys like Christian Hackenberg didn't have the best debut um and you can kind of see why he never played as a second round pick but it was just it was a great great weekend it, it was the perfect timing. Um, the Super Bowl was boring, so people were kind of jonesing for some good football. And, it, yeah, obviously it wasn't great. It wasn't, you know, high-quality NFL football, but it was fun to watch, and I'm really glad I did watch it. Um, and it's gonna we're going to be seeing the next couple weekends are going to be the big uh, – decider in the alliance football league you know this week was the first ever week you know people were jonesing for football um not a lot going on sports wise and it ended up having a really great debut even beating out the nba primetime game in terms of viewership but the big test is going to be the next couple weeks is it going to sustain our guys are people going to want to tune in each and every single week are people going to start to develop kind of a loyalty to certain teams, you know, start rooting for them? Are, are players going to stand out as, you know, fan favorites? Are all these type of things sustain a league for the long haul? Um, and I'm not so sure if the AAF can do that yet, but next week is going to be a huge decider in that. If I tune in, I think I'm going to tune in next week uh, if I have time, if I don't have anything going on, and I'm just going to keep watching it week after week. Uh, when I have time, it's I, not yet. It's not one of those things yet where I schedule my week around it. Like with NFL football on Sunday, that I have no plans. I cancel all my plans. No, you can't make plans with me on Sundays during NFL season because I'm watching the Packers. I don't think I'm there yet with the AF. I don't think it has that great of a product yet to where people are gonna you know cancel plans because they want to watch the San Diego Fleet play the Arizona Hot Shots. So we'll see what happens with this league if it sustains. I think you'll get, if my prediction is early on, I think you'll get, you know, a good full season out of it, and then that's going to be the big test to see if it really sustains enough for a second year, but it's a good idea. I think to for fully success, for a lot of success in this league, for this to happen, you're going to have to uh, get the NFL to be put behind it, make this kind of like a minor league system. I was thinking you could do it like, where guys that spend a certain amount of time on like a practice squad during the year could get an opportunity to go play if they would like to, you know, kind of license them to the Alliance League uh, or something like that, you know, where practice squad guys get the opportunity to go play. But uh, what are you going to do? It is an interesting concept, though. 
next with baseball, only one storyline I got is pitchers and catchers are reporting today for the Angels. They're the first and only team to be reporting today. Um, and then I think the Oakland Athletics are next, if I believe so. Um, so baseball, it's starting up. It's kicking off. I know we've had two um, great interviews with uh, baseball prospects. Um, so we've been kind of getting in that baseball groove. Not a lot of storylines, but we are bringing you some great interviews. And Thursday, we're going to have an even better interview, a fantastic interview. You'll have to tune in to our Twitter on Wednesday if you want to see who that is. But today we have a great interview um, with a uh, Eric Magnuson. He is a 49ers offensive lineman. We're going to talk about that in a second because before that, I had to remind you guys about my guy Dom at D's Home Cuts. D's Home Cuts is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only $7, D's Home Cuts will provide you with a modern haircut and styling. Um, the cheapest haircut around. All that money goes directly into Dom's pocket. You don't have to worry about tipping. and It's just a great, fantastic cut. And every single time, the cuts get better because he is always upgrading his equipment so he can give you the best haircut possible. Me, Truman, and about 90% of the guests on our show have either gotten their haircut at least once or they are lifetime customers of D's because um, he just does such a great job. So go check him out on Instagram at D's Home Cuts. That's where you can find... Uh, videos of all the people he's cut in the last couple of days um and you can send him a dm or set up an appointment directly in his bio i recommend dming him if you have questions or if you'd like to set up an appointment because uh, he's in college right now but he will definitely schedule a time for you to come and get a fresh haircut so check him out these home cuts professional haircuts at a low price so Eric Magnuson, this is this will be our seventh interview, I believe. We got three more to go, um, but those three more are in the works officially. Uh, great interview, uh, an interesting take on somebody. He played at Michigan for four years. Um, he got recruited by Brady Hoke, and then he went and you know obviously was in that tradition uh, transition between Hoke to Harbaugh. Interesting to get his take on that. I'm an Ohio State fan, so talking to a Michigan guy is kind of like a sin. But he was cool about it. You know, he, he understood that Ohio State's kind of owned Michigan in the last couple of years. Um, and he was a great guy. Uh, when we were talking early on, he was kind of trashing me for being an Ohio State fan. But I told him I got Big Ten pride like I do. Uh, so I do, you know, even though I hate Michigan with pretty much everything in my, you know, my, uh, my life, he is uh, a great guy and it was Really great interview. We're still dealing with time zones. I think time zones are easily the stupidest thing that have ever been created in man. Um, so we had to record this a little bit later than what we wanted to, but uh, it was well worth it. Great interview, great takes on him, um, and uh, you know, you'll check it out. You'll love it. And again, another great interview from us, uh, but here it is, 49ers offensive lineman uh, Eric Magnuson. 49ers offensive lineman Eric Magnuson. Uh, so let's just get started there. So you're in the off season now. What kind of things are you up to right now? Um, I just started training, so I'm just at. I mean, at the, I'm training up at our facility in Santa Clara, so just doing that. Um, trying to travel a little bit on the weekends. Go back to San Diego, where I'm from, and enjoy some time off. But really, it's just training is the only thing that's going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, let's start with your college career. You know, you played at Michigan. Uh, you were recruited by Brady Hoke, right? Yeah. So uh, you played with Brady Hoke for a couple seasons, and then, you know, Jim Harbaugh came in in 2015. 
Uh, what was what do you think was the biggest difference between you know Hoke and uh, Harbaugh and the way they coach? Um, I mean they were they were so they were so different that like I don't uh it's hard to say you know I mean Harbaugh I think he uh, has a reputation that come like he just has from his success that mm-hmm. demands players' attention and respect a little bit more. And not saying that Coach Hoke didn't have that. It's just, like, when Coach Hoke got fired, everything changed. And it kind of just <clears throat> got got rid of the guy that didn't really deserve to be there, I guess. So mm-hmm. it's, hard, it's hard to say what is really, like, the one thing that's different. But Yes, yeah. everything changed. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So going back to Harbaugh, do you think that he gets a lot of undeserved hate within the media? Um. I mean, yeah, I mean, it he like just he is what like you see on the media. That's the that's the funny part. Like he mm-hmm. he doesn't change when he's in the building. Um and sometimes people misread that. Um it's it's hard it's hard sometimes for people to uh not be offended by things he says when he doesn't really mean to offend people or stuff mm-hmm. like that and his actions aren't meant to offend anybody. He's just he's just wired differently, I guess. So yeah. I, I would say he is portrayed a little bit uh, yeah. badly, I would say, yeah. So, uh, you know, Michigan, you obviously played there. You know, Michigan-Ohio State's a big rivalry. Do you think it's the best rivalry in college football? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. Um, yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, like, if Michigan has have had more success in recent years, then it, de- and it definitely would be, but – the fact that Ohio State is, you know, mm-hmm. basically getting the best of us for the last <laughs> whatever it is, ten years or whatever, you know, yeah, um, it, it makes it it makes it a little bit less than like I guess the Alabama or Auburn game or something like that because those teams are always up there and they're beating each other year after year. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think Michigan's going to start start getting back on the winning trend and then everything will be set. They'll be back yeah. to Ohio State, Michigan, being the game. Yeah. So one last question about Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, Twenty sixteen, Ohio State, Michigan. It's fourth and one for Ohio State. JC Barrett rushes to the left. Does he get that first down? Oh my gosh! Why do you have to bring this I up? I had to ask. I'm the Wisconsin fan, so. I'm oh gonna... man, it's funny. I was just <laughs> I was just talking to, about this game. Yeah. Um, with uh, Chris Wormley, one of our defensive linemen, because uh, there was a call, or I think it was the referees in the Rams versus Saints games all had connections to Southern California. Oh, yeah. Or something like that. And that was, like, the same thing for that game. Like, that was a big story as all the referees were from Ohio and, like, blah, 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 or whatever, something like that. So just bringing back those memories just is so depressing. <laughs> that, was, that was the year we had to beat them. We yeah. had to. You were close. Oh, man. It was rough. (laughs) So let's go back to your pro career. Uh, So you made the 49ers as an undrafted free agent in 2017. What kind of things did you do to help make your case for making the roster? Um, I think think being versatile. Mm -hmm. Um, Since I'm not a starter, in the NFL you only have, like, limited – limited offensive linemen, you know. And mm-hmm. so you're, if you're not a starter, you have to be able to play multiple positions. And uh, I think 
because I wasn't like fighting for a starting job as I got here as a rookie, being versatile really helped me because they saw that if need be, I could play multiple spots. So I, you know, that's something I try to, I try to, you know, work on and and make like that who I am. Because if you can be versatile, I think you can stay in the NFL for a pretty long time. Where do you think, you know, you're the most comfortable on the offensive line? Um, or you, you know, pretty much hard, everywhere. It's hard to say because, like, in training camp, I got really, really comfortable playing guard, but I had, like, um, become, like, a pretty pretty decent guard. And then once we got into the season, I had to start playing more positions because I, I got declared as, like, the backup. So then I got more comfortable playing center and, and stuff like that. So I think it's, like, whatever I get the most reps at in the recent, recent weeks, I'm good with <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So what was your first start like? Uh, my first start was against the Cardinals my rookie year. Um, what position was that at? Right tackle. Right tackle. So I was playing. Yeah, I was playing guard and center the whole year, and then we had some injuries, so I had to play right tackle the end of the Philadelphia game and then against the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was. It was. I was pretty scared. At, I mean, pretty intimidating. I would say because like they had Chandler Jones, and I knew for sure that they're going to put Chandler Jones on me, mm-hmm. just because I was a rookie and Joe Staley went left tackle and all that. <laughs> so it was pretty intimidating. But once once you get like a couple good sets and you start feeling confident and stuff, you know, it becomes fun playing football because that's what that's what we practice for is the game. So do you notice like. Wild. You notice like a pretty clear change of speed from you know college to NFL. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think initially as a as a rookie, um, you're you're like your head spinning just because you're learning so much offensively, and our system was pretty complex, and um, and everyone is faster also, so like everything like is faster physically, but it's so much faster mentally too because everything's yeah. going on. So like. It kind of once you get pat once you figure out the mental part of it, then everything really slows down. So <clears throat> I try to I try to stay on top of the mental stuff as as much as I can to prevent me being physically too slow or whatever. Yeah, for sure. So we've had a couple offensive linemen on here, and I'm always interested to know: Do you talk trash? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't really like to poke the bear. You know, yeah. if, I, if I can go into a game with a guy and you know we play hard and. We do our thing, but we're not being, you know, douchebags or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then I'm good with that. But I mean, obviously, if someone starts stuff, then you gotta you gotta chip back or something. Yeah. So who out of your college and NFL or whatever, who's been the hardest guy you've ever had to block? Oh, well, that's two different ones. Uh, yeah. College was Joey Bosa, I think oh, okay. for sure. He yeah. was he's pretty damn good, and but I haven't played against him in the NFL, so. Um, but uh, I thought Michael Bennett was really good. Mm-hmm. Chandler Jones obviously is very good. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think somebody who's really like kind of underrated that I didn't actually even play. I only played a few snaps in this game, but just from watching is Chris Jones from Kansas City. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. he he's good, but I don't think he gets as much respect as he deserves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a bunch of sacks this year too. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you mentioned Joe Staley earlier. 
Uh, how much did having older guys around like like Staley help your game? Oh, uh, uh, it, it's kind of it's like one of the most important things I think is development for rookies is that having older guys that are willing to help them and teach them because yeah. I mean there's only there's only so much like individual time you can get with your coach like it's mm-hmm. basically it's basically none everything is full offensive line. So if like a older guy was willing to take you aside or talk to you one on one and just tell you some stuff or give you yeah. like tips and stuff like that, that that helps a lot. So <clears throat> it was, it's good having guys like Joe because he's definitely willing to do that. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're both Packer fans, me and Truman, big Packer fans, and uh, <laughs> we, we just hired you know your ex uh, assistant offensive line coach Adam Senovich. Uh, yeah. What things should like uh, the Packers' offensive lineman expect with him coming over, being the head guy now? Uh, um, Steno. I mean, uh, he's he's a great coach, really, really good coach, super smart. I actually had him in college also. Oh and yeah. So he, yeah. So I had him at Michigan, and then also with the Forty ers and he's he uh like he would run like our pass game uh meetings, like our protection meetings in front of the whole offense, like. Super smart guy, but also also very good at communicating and teaching. I think he's a very good teacher, so yeah. I think they're both love him over there. He's young too. I mean, he's pretty young for it to be the head offensive line coach. So yeah, they love him. Uh, so I read that you love comedy, and some of your Michigan teammates said that you're the funniest guy that was on the team. Who are some uh, of your favorite comedians? Uh oh, my favorite is Chris Farley for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I love all Chris Farley movies and Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live stuff. I think he's hilarious. But yeah, um, I mean, there's so many. I mean, just I was just like thinking about the other day the old old Adam Sandler movies. How funny those were. What's your favorite one? Ooh, I, I don't know. I think Big Daddy is very underrated. I yeah. think that's a hilarious movie. I agree. <laughs> uh, I mean, he has so many, and then. You can't. I mean, Happy Gilmore is just outrageous. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so wrapping it up, we got two more questions here. We usually ask everybody that comes on. Who was your favorite athlete growing up as a kid? Shaq. Shaq. Yeah. That because you know, growing up in California. Yeah. A yeah. Lakers fan, so I, I love Shaq. <laughs> Are you still a Lakers fan? Oh yeah. Oh man, I don't even want to talk about what's going on right now. <laughs> Are you guys going to Anthony Davis? Dude, uh, I I, I want to say yes, but the fact that they're not taking these ridiculous offers is yeah, I agree. like I don't I don't know. It might not happen until off season or something. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. a pretty ugly loss last night too. <laughs> Without Victor Oladipo, that's that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then our last question, we ask everyone: What's your favorite all-time memory of sports? Whether it's watching, playing, whatever. Uh. All-time memory of sports. Um, I would definitely put my my first start. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was pretty cool. And then, uh, I thought the Orange Bowl was awesome. We played in the Orange Bowl my senior year. Who'd you guys play against? We played Florida State. We ended up losing by like two points or three points, something like that. It was like a ridiculous. They came back and scored last few seconds or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, those two probably. All right, I think – do you have any more questions? No, I think that's it. All right, well, we thank you for coming on. You know, it really helps us out. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, we appreciate it. Good luck. Yep. Good luck to you guys.
So there was our interview with 49ers offensive lineman Eric Magnuson. Big shout out to him to come out uh, and spend his time. Uh, we really appreciate it. Again, we can't stress it enough how much we appreciate it when athletes come on uh, and give us you know 10, 15 minutes of their time. They're they're very busy guys trying to uh, you know make it in this league. And we've had a, a bunch of great interviews so far um, with some. Great guys. All of our, all the guys we've interviewed have been great guys so far, and we're very fortunate with that. We haven't had anybody come on and you know give us crap or you know be you know boring, whatever. All the guys that have come on have been great, lively, personal, and we love that. And it makes our job so much easier um, because you know it is a little intimidating talking these to these guys. But you know every single guy so far has made it you know a lot easier for us. Because they've just been so cool and so chill. So great interview with him. We really appreciate him coming out and talking to us. But that is it for our show today. We want to thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. Um, we ask that you give us five stars, rate, review us, and subscribe. Follow us on Spotify and YouTube. You can check us out on there as well as iTunes. Um, follow, listen to us tomorrow on 12OunceSports.com from 7 to 8 a.m. or anytime on GrandOldSports.com. Great new website we, we joined up with about two months ago. Um, Twitter, TNT Sports Talk 12. That's where you can go on there. Our DMs are open if you want to be a guest on the show. You have questions you want answered on the show. Questions about the podcast, how to start a podcast. Um, anything you know questions comments concerns what, what you like what you didn't like whatever uh check it out tnt sports talk one two that's also where every day before the show so i would post tuesday thursday so every wednesday and monday i will tweet a uh a kind of you know flyer i guess you could say of what you're what to expect on the show the next day different interviews stuff like that so check it out um tnt sports talk 12 uh last note I'm thinking, I haven't gotten the details worked out yet, um, but we're thinking about doing a possible mock draft type of pool. Um, if you are interested, um, look out for the details on the Twitter. It's going to be a little bit before you figure it out. But basically what we want to do, what we have uh, in our minds right now, we haven't really put much pen to paper, is we're going to do something where you submit a mock draft and then uh, you put some money in. About We don't know how much it's going to be yet. Uh, and whoever gets the most picks right in the first round of the NFL draft, we're just going to do first round, uh, is going to win that pool. Uh, it's going to make it interesting. I think it would make the NFL draft a little bit more fun. Obviously, I love the NFL draft more than anything. It's one of my favorite things about sports, um, about the NFL especially. Uh, and it's just going to make it a lot more fun. So go ahead and look out for that on the Twitter. But other than that, have a great day and tune in on Thursday. We have a great interview coming on Thursday. But have a great day, guys. Uh, and look out for that on the Twitter on Wednesday. Thanks, guys.